Hello and welcome to another edition of Save Station Report, where we go over the gaming industry's news and talk about what we've been playing lately, and, if we feel like it, discuss a bigger topic. I am your host, Dustin, and with me is Connor. Hello there. Hello. And this week, we are fashionably late. Sorry about that. That is my fault. <laughs> but give well, us more time to play some games, right? Give us some more time to catch up on some news as well, because there's quite a bit of it. There is. There is. Uh, didn't think we had that much, and then we started talking about it, and I'm like, oh, we didn't get to the Steam Deck last time, <laughs> so we got things to talk about. Uh, but first... What have you been playing, Connor? Um, I have been playing, uh, I think last time I mentioned that I tried that Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade. Um, yes. And playing it, I was realizing that, oh, this has some ties to some other Final Fantasy VII material that I haven't, like, actually seen anything about. So... What I did, I think I mentioned this last time, watch Advent Children, which was pretty good. Uh, I just recently finished up Dirge of Cerberus Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation 2. Right, this is the uh, the shooter, right? Yeah, so this was released in 2006 for the PlayStation 2. It takes place after Advent Children, which takes place after the main Final Fantasy VII game. Um, and it stars Vincent Valentine, who is an optional party member from the original Final Fantasy VII. Ooh, good name. He's great. Um, and he has a three-barreled gun called Cerberus. And um, there's like a bunch of... There's an army that comes out of the, Sh the Shinra basement called Deep Ground. And they start trying to take over the world, and you're it's up to you, and then occasionally other Final Fantasy VII characters will come help you, uh, but it's mainly up to Vincent to stop them and shoot his way through the world. How, how So, a Final Fantasy game, and an early one, that's an action game, how is that shooting? Um, It's not too bad. I mean, it's a third-person shooter, um, but... I feel like it's mainly focused on just kind of strafing and pointing at the enemies. You know, there's not, there's very little in the form of like cover. Um, or if it is, it's just really clunky to use. I find it easier to just like get up on them and then strafe around them. Sure. Um, but it, you know, it does use both sticks and it's pretty responsive. There's, um, there's a pretty big like reticle in the middle of the screen that takes up about a third of the screen and if you get an enemy within that reticle, then it will auto-target them. And if that auto-target reticle is closer to the center, then your shots are more accurate. Huh. Especially if they're, like, far away. If you're right up on them, you're going to hit them. But it's pretty forgiving with actually, like, shooting and aiming. So I find it's, it's a little not... bit more about positioning then. Yeah, it's not frustrating to actually aim and shoot, um, which I found to be pretty good. Uh, I feel like it's a little, I was going to say it's a little bit long um, because it doesn't do a whole lot with itself, but I mean, it is still, it only took me like nine hours to beat, so <laughs> it's not too bad. Um, the story was entertainingly cheesy, especially the ending, which goes like full Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> um, 
which is okay. kind of a good way to describe this game. It's basically the Shadow the Hedgehog of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> right. Right. Um, well, I since it sounds like a dark community game, um, I've been having a well, pain because, you know, we're in the middle of summer and it's hot and miserable out to uh, play some Mario Sunshine, um, which I hadn't done when I got the Mario Collection last year. I had played 64 and, and Galaxy because I had actually played Mario Sunshine the summer before that, so I was like, yeah, I don't need to do this again. Um, but I had those pangs, and so I started that up again. Um, thank you to Connor for letting me borrow some Joy-Cons, because mine are drifting, which is awesome. Thank you, Nintendo. Yep, yep. we need to get them fixed. Yep. Um, but yeah, just playing some Mario Sunshine. Um, I like that game. I like that game a lot. It's got some issues with it, but I, I think it's like Sandbox. It's platforming Sandbox is really good. Um, I like Flood a lot, who's the who's your backpack friend. If you don't know, you get like a, a backpack friend um, who's basically can act as projectiles. He shoots water. He can act as a little jump pack, so you can hover for a little bit. Um, you get other power-ups too, like a rocket. It'll shoot you up really high into the air. Um, and, and I like him a lot. I know it's like a controversial thing for Mario games. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Flood. I think it makes that game fun and interesting. Um, it, there's a couple of frustrating bits. I feel like every time anybody starts Mario Sunshine, including myself, it's like this, you, you get, you gotta spend like an hour getting used to it and <laughs> an hour failing like basic things. Um, I feel like it has the same problems that Mario 64 has for me where some of the jumping just feels very stiff and it's easy to fall off ledges. But, um, once you get used to it, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, the enemies in that game are cool too. They're very weird. They're very un-Mario like. Oh yeah, this is like the only game that had enemies like the Stews, um, which are the best characters in Mario. Uh, you also got like the weird bloopers that are different. Um, yeah, I adore this game too. I think um, Flood is a great addition, and you said the controls are a little take a little bit to get used to. I think that is true, but um, the controls in Mario Sunshine wouldn't actually be topped for a Mario game until Mario Odyssey, in my opinion. Like, they're pretty smooth, responsive, and you can do a lot of really creative things with it if you know the moveset, which I love in a Mario game. Yeah, and, and it's got a really satisfying, like, you know, it's got your, like, spin jumps, which is really fun, and um, they they fixed the, the wall jumping here. <laughs> At least in my opinion. I so I know some people like the wall jumping in Mario 64. I think it's miserable, but that's just me. Uh, so now it acts like a traditional wall jump where it'll slide down and you'll get a chance to jump. Um, but yeah, it, it's a fun game. I think the HD port is fine. <laughs> like, it looks nice. Um, it's in widescreen, which is better than Mario 64 got. It I knew this going in, like, subconsciously, but it still surprised me to see it running at 30 frames. <laughs> I, I feel like my brain was, like, expecting 60, which is a shame. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. Uh, they have I, since updated it, so if you, not for frame rate, unfortunately, but you can plug in a GameCube controller adapter and use a GameCube with the analog triggers. Um, I did know that. I haven't done that yeah, that was yet. something it didn't have at the at launch they remapped some of the analog features to other buttons but um you can use a gamecube controller if you want yeah which i mean honestly that's cool that they did that it doesn't really seem necessary um you could if you don't know um like 
like basically have fine tuning over the arc of the water you're shooting. Um, which I don't know. In a hundred percent of cases, I'm always like full bore anyway. <laughs> so, but it's, yeah, it's, but it's like, cool if that you, you can f- do that. If you do full bore on the stick, then it'll shoot the furthest distance. But if you click the stick once more, like to go a little bit extra, then you can do blast. Um, and in the switch version, they mapped the blast to a different button. I can't remember exactly what it is. Well, I guess um, I haven't done the blast. The blast is really helpful, but it is a little bit weird to do on the new version. So that's why people were complaining. And then they added this GameCube controller support so you can play it with the analog triggers and be able to do that more easily. Right. Um, I, the other reason I've been playing this too, wanting to, um, because we've been talking about Spyro. And I, and I referenced this in one of the episodes. But I think this game is an excellent example of a platformer uh, caring about its world design because of, of the way the island works and how you can see other levels off in the distance. And I, I just love that stuff. And I think that all that holds up pretty well. Um, so shout out to Mario Sunshine. Yeah, it's got its problems, but it's still an enjoyable game. It is. Just as long as you're not 100% completing it. Um. Oh, let's see. Which dark game to talk about? We got... Got two here. Why don't you tell me about Silent Hill? Yeah, this is um, something I've been meaning to get into for a very long time. Um, the classic Silent Hill games, the original quadrilogy, is highly regarded as some of the best horror games, best survival horror games ever made. Um, which you know is pretty high praise, and I always liked the aesthetic and the you know creature design and a lot of the like design to that they use to create the horror atmosphere in those games but I never actually really played any of them so I've sought to remedy that I got Silent Hill 1 on the PlayStation running um not the original disc because there's no way I'm paying that much for it but um I've been I've been playing it and it's definitely it's very creepy it was one that like I booted up and I'm like okay it's a old ps1 game like there's a certain charm to that but i don't know how well that's going to hold up no it's it holds up extremely well it's so well that i think if you were to remake this game with like modern day graphics it might actually detract from its atmosphere <laughs> like i feel mm. like it's so ingrained into the ps1 and that sort of low detail but like almost eeriness to its age um that i mean i I really love the aesthetic of it, but it's it's very enjoyable. And we'll see if this gets edited out, but my Discord crashed, so I cannot hear Dustin. There we go. You there? Yep. Discord decided to crash. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know why, listeners. I swear this doesn't happen when we record the main episodes. <laughs> I feel like the reports are cursed. <laughs> They're cursed. They're cursed. I brought anyway, Silent you were Hill talking about the episode. atmosphere of, of uh, Silent Hill. Um, yeah, Silent Hill 1. I'm not super far into it. I think I just finished the school chapter, which if you know Silent Hill 1 is like the first thing you do after the pseudo-tutorial. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely... I'm very much into it and I'm very much into seeing how the series evolves onto the PlayStation two after this. 
yeah, that's definitely one I've been meaning to get into as well. Um, yeah, and, and I agree. Every time I see it, I love the aesthetic um, of, of, you know, I, but I'm always a sucker for that jagged PS1 look. It's so good. There's something about the way that, like, the models are really crude and the textures are really low quality that then adds to, like, the sort of inscrutable visual nature of these enemies where, like, you can't really get a grasp of their shape or their design. So it kind of makes them scarier in that way. Yeah, I mean, this might be a conversation for another time, but I honestly, I think, and granted, grew up with it, so, you know, say what you will. I love the PS1 look because there's a, you're right, It's there's a little quality to it and and all that but there's also a lot of detail that they squeeze out of you know polygons or were able to um i think because of cd loading and stuff like that that like like n64 games for example just don't have that same that same look like there's a look there that i absolutely adore um that i it's it's just so interesting because you can you could tell a playstation one game from a mile off um and it's like one of the few consoles where i feel like that's that's true (laughs) You know? Yeah, and if like one element is off or like different, then you're like, okay, no, this is fake. <laughs> like, you can very easily tell whether it's authentic PS One as well. Like, and people have gone to great lengths to emulate that and have done phenomenal jobs. Um, I've been following the Bloodborne PS One <laughs> demake, um, which is just stellar. Every time I see it, it's super impressive. Um. But yeah, you could tell they put in a lot of work to emulate that look, which is very difficult to do. Yeah, it's just, it's it's very unique. It's, you know, whereas you look at like N64 and even Dreamcast and PC stuff from around the same time, and you, you could kind of interchange those, you know, frame rate aside. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a weird, like, cool thing. I think the original Xbox, actually, there are some original Xbox games where you look at and go, that's an Xbox game. <laughs> Oh yeah, early ones like especially like Halo One and Fusion Frenzy, like you can tell those are Xbox games. Or even because I've seen footage of it floating around because it's you know recently released, but that game stubs the zombie, where I'm like, that's an Xbox ass Xbox game. <laughs> yep, it, it's I, I love that stuff. Um, very unique. Um, anyway, speaking of like horror, I have been playing a Plague Tale Innocence again. <laughs> Again, again. Uh, yeah, uh, this is my second playthrough of it. It came to PS5 as a free upgrade, so snap that. Uh, the sequel was recently announced, which I was pleasantly surprised about because I didn't know if it would get one um, because it's it is the it, same. It also was just on um, PS Plus games for July. Yeah, and so. if you're listening to this as it comes out, that's, go grab that now because you don't have that much time left. Um, and that's the PS5 version, correct? Yes, it is. Perfect. I think it's a PS5 exclusive game, so you won't be able to play it unless you have a PS5, but you can still redeem it to your account. Yep. Um, so so how is it? Um, it's it's neat. I I really like this game. It's It's got problems. It's very much a... It, it's, it's got problems, but it's also got a vision that I really like and respect. Um, it feels like a game that is trying to punch above its weight in a lot of ways. It's trying to like be that Naughty Dog style story game while not quite having the budget. But there's something about that that I find super charming and I respect a lot. Um, 
there's just a lot of like really nice like the characters are very nice looking and like there's there's just like the environments look really good um i think this game is an excellent example of doing a lot with a little they reuse environments a lot but it doesn't necessarily feel like it which i think is really cool um i i think the character work is usually pretty good too i think it's a it's a fun story to experience there's there are some bits that are a bit um uh convenient plot wise that happened i'm like okay but uh on the whole i, I enjoyed the narrative storytelling there um i really love the main character amicia i think she's she's a great character um there's one voice actor who i don't really love but other than that i think the cast is really good um it's uh it's it's very much that like very linear style game with stealth elements um that that I, I think for the most part work fine it's very simple you know you can throw rocks um the main character's like weapon is a sling so you're slinging rocks at enemies heads and you get different ammo types and you get more of those as you go on throughout the game um they use resources to make um and i really like that there's a really good sense of like scarce resources um some of the same resources you use to create your best ammo are used for permanent upgrades as well so you kind of got to make choices on the fly which i think is cool um, it does a really good job of building tension in that way. And, um, yeah, it's it's just really good. So, But, if you don't know, the main thing about this game is there'd be a lot of rats. <laughs> a lot of rats. Like, that's about the only game, only thing about this game I knew. Yeah, so, a plague tale, as you might guess, uh, about the rats. Um, it takes place in, oh, uh, I forget, like, I think 1300s France. Maybe I'm a little off on that old ass france um and yeah there's a play going on it's a lot of rats it's very supernatural it's not trying to be realistic um with these like hordes of rats they're horrifying and one of the big gimmicks is the rats are are don't like light in fact they're killed by light so a lot of sections of this game is you trying to find torches and light fires to be able to progress through just a sea of of rats and it is absolutely disgusting it rules it's great um there there's even a section of this game that is like like when you're as a kid you'd play the floors lava where you're bouncing across tables and stuff <laughs> avoiding rats um it is the kind of thing they show you early on uh, how dangerous they are by having a, an npc um get swarmed by rats and they like swarm the npc over for a couple seconds and then leave him and he's all sinew and bones <laughs> like it's like very gross um this game also just has a really gross gritty art style that i think kicks ass it reminds me a lot of the stuff i've seen from bloodborne where it's just like shit that you'd see on like a metal cover or something it's awful where it's um, just really gross and you're like oh I, this is disgusting i love it yeah yeah exactly it is that um but yeah, it's a lot of gameplay of like slow gameplay of moving through hordes of rats very slowly and trying to find torches and you know puzzles in which they'll give you like twigs that'll run out of you know that'll burn out so you gotta quickly find where to go next and lots of things like that. Um, you know, I, I think this game's really only fault is when it tries to put you in direct combat without a stealth situation, um, and this really only happens towards the end of the game. They try to ramp up tension and. The sling, the way it works, is you have to build it up and charge it up, and so, like, direct combat just doesn't feel great. Um, it's a one-hit-kill game, so if enemies get up on you, they'll, they'll kill you immediately. 
Um, so those are things that I hope they look at in the sequel and, and improve a little bit. But yeah, overall, I think it's a very charming game. Like I said, it has its issues, but I highly recommend you at least give it a shot. It very much feels like a game that's punching up. It's very cool. Um, it's also the developers of Flight Simulator, which I think is very funny. Um, and at least also, part of Flight Simulator. <laughs> yeah. And then also, apparently, the Ratatouille licensed game, when that was relevant, <laughs> which I think is that's very the relevant. best fun this fact is a, of all time. This is an edgy sequel. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's definitely one that I, I might... I might fight for us to do these two when the sequel comes out on the show because I think there's a lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, that definitely, uh, definitely something I, I think you should you should give a shot if you if it sounds interesting to you in any way. Especially because if you have it on a PS5, it's it's free for the month. Um, but yeah, and then I also got into and played the new game for this week. Pretty much the new the new hotness everybody's talking about, Death's Door. Have you seen this? Yeah, this is what, like a top-down Zelda-esque game? You play as a crow? Yeah, you were playing as a crow. You were a reaper. Um, so it's your job to to find souls and bring them back to your place of employment, which is really cute. Um, it's got a really nice art style. You basically have a hub area that you return to where you can upgrade. And, you know, it's basically like this, um, like this office where... <laughs> Where all the, you know, there's a bunch of people working on typewriters and shit. Um, it's got a very almost monochromatic art style. Not quite. There's there's color there. But, like, it's 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 got kind of a bleak art style. But, like, it clashes in tone with its writing, which is very silly. Which I like a lot. Um, it's, it's kind of a goofy game. It's not overly serious at all. Um, Combat-wise, it's... it's I, I like it a bit. It's very simple. You get your your slashy slashy sword you know and then you roll around to dodge and it's very much a, a a dangerous combat game in the sense that you can die really quickly so there's a lot of emphasis put on that dodging mechanic to get out of the way fast and get in and then move close and get out um you also have ranged projectiles um which are governed by they call it magic but like the first thing you have is a bow and arrow and you basically have four pips four shots with it and then you're you're out, and the only way to get more shots is to hit things with your sword. So it very much encourages you to get in close. Um, it's the entire point of yeah, the game. Yeah, from what I've seen of this game, it looks very much like uh, like a super giant game, you know, like Transistor Hades. Um, also, is giving me some like semblance of Hyperlight Drifter and um, Titan Souls. I don't know if you've heard of Titan Souls, but I um, have, and that makes sense because it's the same developer. <laughs> Oh, cool. I put the pieces together. Um, yeah, it looks very much like that, which I'm into. Yeah, it, it's it's neat. I, I like the combat a lot. Um, I will say, so I'm about two-thirds of the way through it, so nearing the end, so this could change. I've seen a lot of people compare it to Dark Souls. It is not that. Um, yeah, I they just compare everything that. to Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say that, though, because I think it is so not that, that if you're expecting that, it would turn you off. Um, I don't think it's that hard at all. Um, you know, it's got challenge to it. It's definitely got bite, but like, it's 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 very generous with its checkpointing, uh, which you might not think at first. You get basically one checkpoint in area, but like, you're constantly opening up 
shortcuts and stuff. So I guess that bit is a little like Dark Souls, but like to the point where like you'll you'll turn around a new corner and be like, oh, there's another shortcut. Like I just opened one 30 seconds ago, and here's another one. So the checkpoints may seem stingy, but they're actually not because you could just run up to where you were and skip all the enemies. So it's it's pretty um, pretty easy in that respect. It's not too punishing at all. Um, you don't lose your currency on death, so you can grind out enemies if you really want to, um, you know, pour points into stats and, and up, upgrade yourself. Um, but yeah, overall, it's it's pretty easy, and um, but like, you know, not, I guess I shouldn't say it's pretty easy. It, it's, I think the difficulty curve is really nice, so far at least. It's It's been fun. Um, it's, had, it's pushed back, but not too hard to be frustrating. Um you know, I've got other other attacks at this point, which is cool. Exploring the world has been pretty fun. I will say my biggest criticism is it doesn't have a map, which I think is a bit frustrating. Um, so I would I would I would want that <laughs> if they're planning on updates, because like it is very much like a Zelda game in the sense that like you know you get new abilities, and then you can go to areas and access new things and get upgrades, but. Without a map, that makes it infinitely more frustrating to explore and honestly discourages me a little bit. Um, so I, I do think that's my only legitimate criticism so far. But yeah, I, I really like Death Store. It's like 20 bucks on Steam. That's where I'm playing it. Um, I think it's on Xbox as well. No Switch and PS4 yet, but I'm sure that will come. Yeah, it's a cool game if you're interested. Very cool. All right, um, and, and I will say, I'm continuing on with my Metroid playthrough. I just don't have really anything new to talk about. Um, still on Samus Returns. I'm playing it like a portable game, which means I'm not playing it that much. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, just Samus working my Returns way. is also, like, one of the longer ones in the series, so... Yeah, that's what I hear. But still enjoying it. All right, let's talk about news, um... We're gonna we're gonna open and talk about some some of the Activision stuff. We don't have this um, facted bloated out because I th we both talked about it and I, I think we're both it's it's heavy stuff in a way that I don't think either of us are comfortable talking about because we want to make sure it gets you know it's done with justice um, and it's it it sucks. So just just to give some background information, the state of California is suing Activision Blizzard. Um, for unfair workplace practices and that suit has a lot of very minute details and it is horrible um, if you do decide to look into it I, I recommend you educate yourself but I will give some warnings um, particularly if you're looking on Twitter um, lots of people aren't warning which I think is kind of a step some trigger warnings for suicide and sexual assault um, so you can so you know um, there's a lot of uh, that also talks about the um, the inequality among female female workers there, and um, you know those extreme cases which I just mentioned, and then also payment um, being completely out of whack, and, and just a whole host of fucked up stuff, particularly with the management of Activision Blizzard, um, and on the Blizzard side of that, there's just it's it's really dark um, and really fucked up, and we're probably not the appropriate place for you to learn that information, so please go do that looking up yourself i wanted to mention it um as of recording of this and probably posting assuming it gets out on time um activision blizzard employees are striking tomorrow so support them send them your love i think they're using the hashtag acti blizz um walkout on twitter um 
so you know give them your love support they they deserve it <laughs> they've been through a lot recently um yeah i don't know if you have anything further to add Hunter. uh yeah it's really a shame to see this happen and i know it's not um a, it's a problem that's not unique to activision blizzard but this is the um i mean it's inexcusable in any environment so seeing it here um seeing that you know the state of california is putting forth this lawsuit and that the people are striking like that's um you know it looks to be something is getting done about it but yeah it's really saddening to see anything like this happen of course and it is you know it is important to mention like as sad as this is it's it's a good thing it's out there it's a good thing that people are striking you know this is what will cause change so support this um it's a good thing and i will also say we are in a bit of an awkward place because we're talking about spyro and we're talking about reignited which is a current activision blizzard game um which you can buy new and give them money for and we didn't talk about this ahead of time but i feel comfortable in saying you know i I think we take a stance and don't buy their games right now (laughs) um yeah at least until until you hear any sort of commitment to change yeah because so far and what the main strike is about is against the company's response to the lawsuit, which was really, really dismissive bad. and bad. Yeah. Um, so until there's any significant, earnest change, I would recommend, yeah, kind of just avoiding them. Yeah, we are, I think, you know, if, if you want to play those games, you know, there's been used copies out there forever. You can you can pick them up without giving Activision Blizzard any of your money. It's possible. Um yeah, I, I would recommend against buying those games new right now. Um, which, you know, in case people don't know, that's Spyro, that's Crash, that's Call of Duty, that's Sekiro, that's, you know, anything Blizzard, you know, Overwatch, Diablo, World of Warcraft, all that. So, you know, um, our official recommendation, I think, is to avoid those until further notice, at least new. Uh, well, I guess the Blizzard stuff you can't, so just don't play Blizzard shit at all. <laughs> it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, it's a We're definitely oh, not Tony saying also. Oh, Tony Hawk bummer. Yeah. Um yeah, we're definitely not saying to emulate these as a option. We're definitely not saying that. No, and I'm definitely not saying that I would be completely okay if you were like I pirated these new games right now. <laughs> definitely not saying that. Yeah, that's illegal. You're not supposed to do that. No, but seriously, you know, like if you must play them, just do it in a way that doesn't give them money, please. There are ways to do that. Go support your local game shop and find some used copies, you know? You, you can do that in, in a way that helps other people without without helping the mean corporation. Um, anyway, let's talk about some lighter, better things. <laughs> um, EA Play happened, and I can't believe I'm saying this, they got some cool stuff. Yeah, I didn't hate this show. <laughs> For years, I have complained about EA Play and how awful it is and EA's lineup in general, how much it sucks. <laughs> and honestly, I, I feel like they have finally grown conscious of that because I'm not the only one. And I think they tighten this up. Um, I think part of that's they had like three mini panels basically over the summer. And so I think they kind of cut out a lot of the fluff with that. Um, you know, they had one about sports games, one about shooters, one about indie games. And I, and I think that helped trim the show down quite a bit and, and made it more quick. And 
they had announcements that were cool and interesting and I don't know, I, I was I was pretty impressed with the showcase overall. Yeah, I mean out of the six ish announcements or big announcements, only two of them I really care about, but I wasn't bored, so that's yeah, something. I mean that's a success for a showcase like this, right? Um I I I'm probably gonna use this as my example going forward, but I was so impressed with Microsoft as somebody who does not care about racing games at all. But when they showed Forza, the new Forza Horizon, the one in Mexico, I cared about that presentation because they presented it well. <laughs> like it wasn't boring, and I feel like similar about this, where I was like, yeah, I don't necessarily care about Grid, but like they made it quick enough and interesting enough that I was like, okay, I get it, cool. You didn't bore me. Good job. Um, so let's run through these announcements. Uh, Grid Legends announced. Um, they had recently acquired this developer, so this makes sense. Um, it, it has a story mode, which I believe they said was the first for the series, I'm not sure. It looked really cheesy and kind of fun to me. <laughs> like, it's a bunch of live-action actors, um, you know, talking about racing. <laughs> well, it looks... what it seemed to be was, like, they're real racers, but they're not playing themselves. They're playing characters. <laughs> One of them seemed... was an actor I recognized, so I don't okay. know. Okay. Yeah. I think... Yeah, but it was weird. I think, honestly, out of any grid game, this is like the one that I would be like, "Oh, this is actually pretty interesting." Um, yeah, it looks purely like... because of this sort of cheesy FMV story. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I think that that to me comes across as the developers having a fun idea, you know, and not like a weird cynical like we got to do this. Like, so that's cool. I'm I'm totally that's that's really interesting to me. I'm not a racing game guy, so it doesn't really matter. But I I, I respect it. Um, that's coming in 2022 to everything but Switch. Um, next, we had Apex Legends Emergence, which is basically their new season. They announced a cool-looking new character. Um, they had put out uh, a trailer for that character that's that's done by an animation studio. One of the Love, Death, and Robots animation studios um, did uh, it. Namely, it was um, Robert Valley, I believe is his name. Um, he did the Love, Death, and Robot shorts, Zima Blue and Ice from Season 2. Um, he was also an art director for Tron Uprising. Um, I've been a big fan of his style, so seeing this trailer for this new character that's very much his style, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this is very good. Yeah, it's it's a cool trailer. Um, so yeah, new character for that game, that's out uh, soon, August 3rd. So yeah, if you're into that, that's cool. Apex Legends are here's quality, so it's good stuff. Uh, I'm really excited for this next one. Let's talk about Lost and Random. Um, this is sort of one of their indie titles they're pushing. Um, it's it's out soon, September 10th. It, it's very much a uh, 3D action-adventure game. Um, art style-wise, it's got that Tim Burton-y look, so game-wise you might think like Little Nightmares or Psychonauts. Like It's got that like kind of creepy, cartoony vibe to it. It looks very cool. Um, you have a little dice pal that follows you around, and it's it's got um, sort of action arena battles, but the dice factors in where you're rolling dice rolls to to battle. Um, it looks neat. Yeah, I was actually getting a lot of um, concrete genie vibes from this. Oh, that's another um, one. Yeah. Um, which, if you listen to our review of, we were pretty positive on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love the art style, the characters, and the. Um, sort of aesthetic of it where it's using all these game pieces as these enemies and characters and um, yeah it looked very cool this was one of the two announcements where I'm like I'm gonna keep an eye on this one very charming looking um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, that's cool. That's out September 10th, so also fairly soon. Um, and coming to everything. Uh, new season for Knockout City. That's out July 27th, so as you listen to this. Um, Is that called, game out? Yeah, it's been out for a minute, and people love it. Okay. Like it's, it, it, that game has had... That game has had such a redemption arc. <laughs> like people absolutely adore that game. Um, okay. Remember when it was announced with that horrible trailer? <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What is happening?" And then I just completely missed anyone talking about the reveal or the like actual release of this game. So they announced the season two. I'm like, "But is the game even out yet?" Okay, uh, apparently it is. <laughs> yeah, um, and doing very well. Um, yeah. So the season yeah. two looked cool. So. Yeah, shout out to that. And I think it's also free to play up to a certain level, too. So, like, you know, if you want to get into that, it, it's rave reviews. People do really like it. So, that's cool. Also, um, some former Vicarious Visions people. People who worked on Crash Insane. So, shout out to that. Um, I thought this next announcement was very cool. Um, yeah, I know it was you said the one you were that only went the longest. <laughs> yeah, but, like, okay. So it's Battlefield Portal, which is a mode in Battlefield um, 2042. What this basically is, it's basically like an extreme version of Halo's custom game maker, where you can uh, customize rule sets and stuff and make silly stuff. But like the hook is, it's got shit from the entire series of Battlefield. So they're bringing in maps from old games that are remastering, um, which is neat. But it's not just they're remastering it and putting all the 19... Or all the 2042 stuff in there. They're putting shit in there from those old games. So, like, they're putting World War II-ass guns in there. And, like, vehicles and stuff like that. Um, you know, those soldiers from those games will work the way they did in those games. And you can mix and match and have the modern soldiers fight the World War II-era soldiers. And um, that was, you know, some of the things they talked about you could do. You could, like, enlarge the size of vehicles and make them ridiculous and silly and, like... It, it just looked like a neat time. I don't know. I, I I love it when games do stuff like this and put, you know, give the players creation tools to let them fuck around and make something silly or, or serious if you want to, I'm sure. But, like, it, I, I think that, that rules, and th- this looked like a cool feature. Yeah, this was something that I spent a lot of time with as a kid in the um, Halo games. So I could see this being a lot of fun, you know, messing with the rule sets. I think they did say that it's not going to be like a full-on forge mode. Yeah, it's um, not a map editor. They did clarify yeah, and say. But I think still having all those elements and being able to, you know, play with the sort of like mechanics that you like from a certain game, but using the new elements, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting, too, that they talked about balance and how things are intentionally imbalanced. So, like, the 1942 characters, they talked about how you could have, like, you know, like, a bunch of them, and then, like, fighting against half those numbers for the um, 2042 characters because of the imbalance in terms of, like, weapons that are at their disposal, which I think is really interesting. I think that's interesting that they purposefully, like, we're not balancing all this shit. Like, we're just chaos. It's chaos. Yep, Which I think is really chaos. fun. Yeah, I think that I think that's cool. Um, but Battlefield Portal does not have a portal gun. Don't get too excited. <laughs> that's true. Um, zero out of ten. Worst game. Zero out of ten. Bad game. Um, and then their last and biggest announcement. 
Dead Space remake, baby. It's real. It's happening. Uh, the reports were correct. It is being made from the ground up in the Frostbite engine. Um, and will only be launching on current gen, so PS5 and Xbox Series X, as well as PC. So no last gen ports. Um, what else has the Frostbite engine been used for? Battlefield. Just pretty much Battlefield. It is the Battlefield engine. Um, I believe it is also the engine used to power the most recent Bioware games as well. Um, I know it's been problematic for them. They don't like it. <laughs> I think they're switching engines, uh, but I think Mass Effect Andromeda and Dragon Age Inquisition also run on it. Um, okay. But, I mean, the it was just like a teaser trailer for this saying like, oh, it's in the works or whatever. Um, but yeah, it got me excited. I definitely have been meaning to get into Dead Space and I probably will before this releases. Yeah, Dead Space is awesome. Um, I say that, I've only played the first game. (laughs) The first Dead Space is, the first Dead Space rules. It's like, it is very much, um, a lot of people compare it to RE4, which I think is a little weird. To me, it's more like a Bioshock. Which makes sense because it was meant to be System Shock Three, I think, at a certain point. <laughs> um, yeah, it feels very much like the System Shock game. <laughs> yeah, so it's got that vibe and that same sort of exploration vibe. Um, it's very creepy. It's it's great. Uh, and you know, for this remake, it was talked about uh, in the leaks anyway that that were right. So I believe them. They talked about how the team. It's not just like an upres. It's not just taking the assets and recreating them. They take a lot of inspiration, I guess, in the Resident Evil remakes, which, well, yes, are remakes, also basically new games, so that's pretty exciting. Um, so apparently lots of new elements. I think they'll probably want to scare you in new ways, so they'll probably want to play on your expectations, so it's probably worth playing through the originals. So you have that context, so you can be really messed with. That's, you know, lots of fun stuff there. I'm I'm very excited for this. I think, I think it's going to be pretty good. Yep, very exciting. All right. Um, this is just a quick one. You have the PS Plus games for August. Yep. Um, funny detail about this. Sony leaked these on their website. <laughs> um. Okay. I mean, we already knew Hunter's Arena Legends was coming. Yes, that was from the State of Play. Um, we are also getting Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville. Neighborville. Um, and Tennis World 2, which I don't know what that is, except that it is a tennis game. Um, I would hope so, with a name like Tennis World Tour 2. Yeah, this is a lineup that's not really for me, I gotta say. Um, yeah, maybe I, I'll give Plants vs. Zombies a shot, but that's about it. Yeah, I played one of those, um, for a little bit, and it was really fun, so that's cool, um, I'm always in favor of more shooters that are aimed at, at kids. Um, I think this and Splatoon occupy that space really nicely, so that, that that's cool. Um, but yeah, that Hunter's Arena thing, we talked about it on the State of Play. I I think it looks fine, but not really for me. Um, tennis game, I don't know. Unless it's like weirdly super arcade it's probably not for me either. Um, yep. But yeah, you know, it's free to redeem if you're subscribed, so whatever. Um, Might as well. I want to talk about the next one real quick. It's really neat. Um, we're getting a, a new video game showcase called Hub World. Um, it is a showcase dedicated to 3D platformers, which 
is my jam entirely, and you better believe we'll be talking about that when that happens. Um, I don't know when that's happening, because their official account doesn't have a date on it. <laughs> they just said soon. So, okay. It seems very much like an indie thing, so, you know, that, that that's neat, though. They have a little trailer. It's, it's really cute. Um, definitely check that out. Link will be in the description. All right. You want to tell me about Tencent real quick? Um... Yeah, known money haver and money getter Tencent um, <laughs> bought the studio Sumo Digital, this British studio that's been do- doing a lot of stuff. They most recently just did Sackboy A Big Adventure. Um, I think they also did Crackdown, if I'm not mistaken. Crackdown, the Sonic Racing games, they, um, I think they had a hand in Dying Light or one of those games. Um they did a game called Hot Shots Racing recently, which was very fun. Um, they did Snake Pass a couple years ago, if you remember that game. Um, they've done a lot of cool things, and they're very big. They're, like, bigger than you think. Um, they do a lot of, like, contract work. And yeah, so that's why they did, you know, Crackdown for Microsoft and Sackboy for Sony. and mm-hmm. um, But they are being bought out by Tencent, who is going to pay $1.27 billion to buy them out. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure what that means for this studio. This is not one where I feel like we can speculate on anything. It's not like Tencent has a console or anything. Um, I just think maybe Sumo just makes a lot of money and they see an opportunity there. Um, I did see some, you know, talk around, like, no more Sackboy games, no Sackboy sequel. I don't know that this necessarily means that won't happen. <laughs> um, I feel like Tencent has bought companies and just not done anything with them, so, I don't know, big shrug on this. Um, but I do like that studio a lot. I feel like they have a, a pretty high quality bar. <laughs> like, like, they make some pretty cool stuff, so, you know, hopefully those employees made some of that money, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sumo makes cool things. I hope this doesn't mean we're going to see the end of of that. I, I doubt it, though. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it'll probably be fine. Um, but yeah. Interesting, nevertheless. Um, you also found this, this respawn hiring. Yeah, um, it was the, I believe, creative, one of the creative directors at Respawn Entertainment posted several job openings at Respawn for a single-player project, um, and then also in his Twitter bio. I'll link the tweet specifically for this, um, but also in his Twitter body, bio, he said he's the creative artist on an unannounced single-player project at Respawn. Um, so we don't know if this is perhaps a Jedi Fallen Order 2 or something else entirely, but... Uh, I've liked Respawn's work so far, so we'll see what that adds. Yeah. I think Respawn's one of the best developers in the industry right now. Um, I will say, so in this tweet, uh, he talks about how they're a small team, um, but working with a, a, a history of dreaming big. So that, to me, maybe says this is not Jedi Fallen Order 2, because I do think that's in development over there. Um I, I think it's almost impossible that it's not, given the success of the first one. Um, I think it's been in development probably since the first one released, honestly. 
I think this is something new, which is cool, um, especially given the emphasis that he says they're a small team. So I think this is probably, you know, a small-scale project right now within Respawn that will probably bolster up, you know, based on these new hires and stuff um, once they get rolling. Uh, this is exciting. Respawn makes really cool things. Um, they have a... I talk about Subo, like, and their quality bar. Like, Respawn's quality bar is insane. With the Titanfall games and, and Jedi Fallen Order and Apex Legends, like, it is kind of unmatched right now. <laughs> so... That's exciting. Yeah, um, and if you haven't played Titanfall two, go play Titanfall two. Titanfall two, yeah, definitely. That single go play player Titanfall campaign 2. is amazing. Yep. Um, Netflix might be adding games to its subscription service. Maybe. Yeah, this is a thing. <laughs> yeah, um, this has the really um, this has the energy of Amazon and Google getting into games to me. I mean, if yeah, it definitely honest. has that feel to it, but. Um, this one, I think there was a quote in this GameSpot article that I pulled that they said they were just, you know, looking to bring more, I guess, streaming options to players. So they're like, oh, here you can play the games off of your Netflix subscription. Um, the nice thing about this is that it doesn't cost any extra on your subscription to get games off of it. Yeah, um, no, they'll just slowly raise that price over time. <laughs> yeah, but they do that anyway, so... <laughs> At least maybe I'll get more out of yeah, the Netflix I, you know, than I do because I don't watch a lot of shows. It is true. Um, yeah, this this I don't know what to make of this. I don't I don't trust it. My expectations are low, so it'll be easy for oh, them to same, me. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait and see what it actually looks like and what games are on the surface at all. Um, it didn't seem like they were making or funding new games. I think it was mainly just like, we're going to have games to, for you to play. They didn't specify anything else. So when we get more information, if we get more information, then maybe I'll have a better opinion on this. Yeah. I will say when this was initially discovered, I think it was through a data mine. People discovered imagery for ghost of Tsushima. Um, I, that to me doesn't say anything that could just be placeholder. Um, honestly, but just to put it out there, um, I assume this would be a streaming service. I think that just makes sense. Um, but we also don't know that either. If you could download stuff. But also, if you could download stuff, how would that even work when Netflix is on so many different platforms? I, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, no um, clue. Something to take note of might be relevant in the future, though. All right. Let's talk about this one. This is a big one. Let's talk about the Steam Deck. Yeah, this was the biggest announcement of recent of the recent weeks. Um, this is the Steam Deck. I pulled pretty much all of this from the actual Steam page for it. Um, this is, if you missed the announcement, it is a Valve-produced Steam handheld uh, device. So it basically just looks like a Nintendo Switch, except the buttons are different. <laughs> And the, it's a little bit bulkier than the Switch. It's a chunky boy. Um, I think looking at the specific like um, form factor and like the dimensions of it, it is twice as heavy as the Switch. Um, still not too bad, but it does get close to being an, an entire pound. <laughs> um, whereas the Switch is like half a pound. Um, but uh, the Joy-Con... It doesn't have joy. It's just the one unit. Um, 
but it comes in three varieties. There's the 64 gigabyte standard hard drive version for 400. Um, but all versions support a micro SD card. So that's good because 64 gigabytes does not hold pretty much anything these days. Yep. Um, there's the 256 gigabyte SSD model, which is $529 and the 512 gigabyte SSD model, which is $649. Or yep. if you ask the many scalpers on the internet, it's a thousand dollars. Oh, whatever. For the 400 model. For the, yeah, exactly. Um, Let's see, some other notes about it. It can play, it plays pretty much any Steam game on your Steam, existing Steam library. Um, they really flexed with this on the um, announcement images and the key art by showing Control, Doom Eternal, and Death Stranding all running. Yep. Which I'm convinced if this thing can run Control, it can run pretty much anything. <laughs> Because the PS4 could not run Control. No, that definitely says a lot about their confidence in it, for sure. Um, Um, Let's see. It's got got standard buttons you would expect. You know, two analog sticks, a D-pad, four face buttons, two shoulder buttons, and two uh, triggers, which are analog triggers. They're not just buttons. Uh, It also has two trackpads that are located just below the thumbsticks, which are mainly used. They did this with the steam controller as well, where it's mainly used so that you can sort of emulate almost a mouse and use that for like mouse based games. Um, I found it weird on the steam controller, so I might not use it a whole lot on this, but there, there's an option. And then it also has four grip triggers as well. It's also got a touchscreen and a gyro sensor in it. Um, So, you know, if you want to play that way, you can as well. Um, If games support it. Gyro sensor's interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, It also. How many Steam games support that? um, Yeah, they showed it with, I think, Portal 2? Okay, so they probably are updating their personal games. Um. It'll also be dockable. dockable. Um, they said it will work on any third-party dock, but they're also making their own. Um, it's also important to note that this is just a PC. It's not like a a um, architecture you can't mess with. It's it's got like a like they're calling it Steam OS is their new operating system thing. Um, it's replacing Steam Big Picture. If you use Good, that, because Big Picture was really bad. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's running that, um, but it's running, I think it's on Linux probably. Um, that makes the most sense because it's a PC. You can load up windows if you want and do stuff there. Um, which means you can run emulators. Yep. And that's, that's one of the reasons why this thing is exciting. Um, which you definitely shouldn't do. That's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I mean the IGN preview of this thing talked about how they could, um, load up the Epic Game Store and run that as well. So this it's a it's a it's a pretty nice portable PC is basically what they're making here. Um, what is your thoughts? What is your opinion on this thing? Um, I 
feel like if I wanted to like actually get fully excited and on board with this, I would have to hold one because, um, I know a lot of like the reports and stuff say the controls are super comfortable to get used to. Um, but something about just the way the sticks and the buttons are laid out really rubs me the wrong way. Uh, also it being twice as heavy as the switch. Like if I'm playing the switch in handheld mode for a long period of time, then I'm like, okay, I'm okay. But this is twice as heavy as that. So that could be an issue. Um, I'm not worried about it like getting hot or whatever. I feel like that's something they would have already figured out. But um, for the pure fact of it's a handheld that can play stuff like Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, I'm pretty excited. (laughs) Yeah, um, I think this thing looks really neat. I also have the same anxieties over the the, um, thumb and stick placement, like the thumbstick placement. I think it looks awkward. It's like in line with the buttons, which I don't know about. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where I'm like, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, definitely feels like something you'll have to hold to find out. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, the preview said it, they, they got used to it pretty fast. Um, the weight thing, of course, is an issue. Um, I'm pretty excited, though. I there's there's The prospect of having this thing... Especially since it's expandable and we'll be able to run emulators, hopefully, presumably, pretty okay. Um, I don't know. The idea of having a massive game library with me whatever I want it is really appealing. Really appealing. Yeah. And you know me. I'm the kind of person that's, like, usually wholly against digital-only consoles. But I already have a massive Steam library. So it's like... I don't know. I feel like it being just a portable PC definitely feels like it's not trying to be a console while also being a console, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, there's no option for like physical cartridges or anything. It's just digital only, which is fine. Um, but I mean, my Steam library is up to like nearly 350 games at this point. <laughs> So, like, I would have quite the library just booting this thing up. Yeah, um, I, I, I made this point when this got announced, but, like, because this thing is a PC, um, and, and even just out of the box, just running Steam, means that it has the greatest launch lineup of all time, period, no questions asked. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, pretty much any game that's on Steam that you can think of would be theoretically playable on this. Which, by the way, in 2021 includes Halo... It includes Horizon, it includes Days Gone, it includes, you know, exclusives from other consoles at this point. <laughs> like Death Stranding is on there, like, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, uh, I think this thing is super exciting. Um, I put down my $5 pre-order. <laughs> um, yep. Did you? No, I did not get around to it. <laughs> you, you still can, it's just, it, I actually like the way they're doing pre-orders, they're, which is why also, also the the um the aftermarket sales stuff is fucking insane to me but they're basically seem to be just giving them to you and just giving you an estimated time like mine says q2 2022 um so um, yeah so you just put yourself in line and then whenever they have a stock again they'll be like okay here's the next batch which i would much rather have to the way that fucking sony's been doing it in microsoft yeah i can crapshoot um i can wait if i know for sure that i'm in line already yeah 
Yeah, and also I'm not too upset about it because then I get to see other people have theirs and decide if I still want it. Yep. So, so I'm actually kind of happy about that. Um, also, it's like, you know, barely and it costs $5. And if you end up not wanting it, it just goes back into your Steam wallet. So honestly, if you're even a bit curious, it's probably worth just putting the money down for now. Um, yeah, I'm... what, Q2 of 2022 is next summer? <laughs> yeah. So you got time. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, and that money also goes to the final product. Um, I ended up getting the middle one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't decide. Um, oh, we also didn't mention the, the last two, the higher end options, the middle and third option, have NVMe drives and the other one doesn't. Which is now, an interesting what is that? difference. Um, that's, that's your faster solid state drive. Yeah, yeah, they have the SSDs. Yeah, which the first one doesn't. But other than that, there's no hardware differences between the three. Um, I think the highest option has like a special screen. It's supposed to help against glare. I don't know how well that works, but okay. Um, yeah, but also you're paying like $250 over the base one or yeah. 130 over the second model. Um, I will say for what this thing can run, um, even the just base 400 model, um, storage aside, that's a pretty good deal on a PC. Yeah, no kidding. Because um, considering you pay 400 for this and then say you want to upgrade its uh, memory with a micro SD card, you can get a pretty sizable micro SD card for like 60 bucks. So that's still like 460 and it can run most like PC quality games. <laughs> Yeah, including that's... all of Valve's library, like that's pretty crazy. Um, and we also didn't say the screen is tenant is targeting 720p, which is slightly disappointing. Um, but that also means, expected. yeah, but that also means they could focus on performance over resolution, which means yeah, I think these games run pretty well. <laughs> um, um, and then with the dock, the dock has option. You know, you can maybe push the handheld at the, at that point but um it can it has the planned dock for the the planned official steam dock um they said you know the third party ones would work but the official one has a display port an hdmi port a usb c port um an ethernet port and three usb 3 ports um so you can hook it up to pretty much any display and run it that way if you really wanted to. Yeah, um, this thing looks looks really cool. I'm I'm very much, you know, tentatively. I guess I guess I should say I'm bored. Um, I'm, I'm excited about it. I just need to hear more about those controls. But but yeah, the idea of you know playing playing games on the go, PC games in particular, especially because you know, let's be honest, the Switch is aging, um, and in already the ports we're getting from third parties are. Are rough so I'm... they're impressive for what they can put on the switch but the fact that the switch needs that kind of care for it is um something that not a lot of developers are doing and when they do they take big compromises yep and, and when they're not they're putting streaming ports on there which defeat the purpose of the handheld to me <laughs> so i'm 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 pretty interested in this um yeah it, it's exciting it's officially launching this december if you manage to get an early pre-order um, which I hear was very hard. Here, Steam crashed a bunch. So, if you're one of those, you get it then. Otherwise, you gotta wait. 
till next year. Um, yeah, pretty curious though. Um, I'm pretty I mean, interested. Hey, it's a it's a handheld that can run Half Life Two, Portal Two, um, already two of like the greatest games ever made. Uh, Sonic Adventure Two is on there. I was going like to say, if you games, don't think I'm going to buy this expensive hardware that can supposedly run new games really nicely and not just put SA2 on there and oh, that's like day play one. that first, Come on. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're having a laugh. And also Halo 1. <laughs> just, I'm going to yeah. have a great time. These are games we've been wanting handheld versions of for so long. And then they're like, okay, here, just <laughs> play, play them off your Steam library. Yeah, also, you know... Uh, I mean, you you probably figured this out, but like because you can put Windows on it, put Xbox Game Pass on here. Like, oh man, this, this is cool stuff you could do with this. I'm yeah. I'm again, interested. theoretically, we haven't actually seen anyone yeah. test that, but theoretically, you could you could you know probably put most most GameCube games on there. That sounds like a great time. You could put most games in existence on there. Yeah. We're not saying that you should legally, but already if you just have your gamepad within but, reach of the Wii U. But portable Wind Waker? Yeah. <laughs> if you just carry your Wii U with you and find an outlet, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say portable Pikmin, but portable wait, we just got Twilight Pikmin Princess? 3 on the Switch. Uh, Whatever. Sonic There's Wii? lots of Portable, stuff that this make I that makes this very exciting. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. Um. One last thing in here. Um, another edition of Hey You. Look at this cool shit. Where I say I found this cool trailer for this thing. Look at it. Um. This time around, we're not talking about an official game. This is something that will be free, so that's even cooler. Um, because we are talking about the BK and uh, BK Nostalgia 64 trailer. Um, this is a ROM hack, an upcoming ROM hack for Banjo Kazooie, and it is essentially a greatest hits of the N64 library. You are they have converted. Um, environments from other n64 games to banjo kazooie levels yeah there's so for example bomb's fortress is in yeah, there stuff like that bomberman 64 was in there um, is in blast there. core was in there and i think i saw a yep. level from glover um, yeah all kinds of stuff that are uh conquer's bad fur day i believe had a couple levels in there pokemon um, snap yeah, very cool stuff the trailer was a lot of fun um just seeing like which n64 games i recognize really but um, this looks like it could be a pretty fun time. Yeah, I think this looks awesome. It's the trailer just says coming soon. Um, so, you know, keep your eye on it. Um, I think Kirkhope, Kirkhope mobs, uh, mods, I think is the, the <laughs> lead wild. person on it. Um, I think they did a very popular, uh, full conversion of Ocarina of Time to Banjo-Kazooie. So they've done good work in the past. Um, yeah. So I, I, lots of people I saw being very excited for this. Um, they have a Twitter page and a YouTube channel, so you can go check them out there. Um, yeah, th this looks really uh, neat. Nope, I'm actually pretty excited about it. Um, it's about yeah, it for me. Take a look at that. Um, that's all we have for you news. Is there anything you want to say before we go? 
Cool. Um, as of this airing, in a couple days, um, this Saturday, we'll be posting our Year of the Dragon review for Spyro. Um, you know, keep in mind what I said earlier in this episode. If you're curious, go pick Legally. up the Reunited Trilogy used or, um, you know, f- find it somewhere on the internet for no money. Um, or, you know, go pick up the classic games. They Legally. hold up. Um, Definitely not illegally. They hold up pretty nicely, yeah, honestly. You can emulate them if you want. Um, I feel comfortable in saying that with no caveats. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so so go do that. Um, yeah, so that'll be out this Saturday. Um, before that, we did Ripto's Rage and forced the original game oh, sure. out. Oh, sure. It's uh, a fantastic game. Spyro after this, though, we are doing Into the Dragonfly. Um, Connor's been having a great time with it. It's it's going to be great. Um, and then we... <laughs> yep, you can get <laughs> updates on we're also playing a Heroes episodes Tale, and, and other stuff at Save Station Pod on Twitter. It's where so I post most of the check updates. That out. Um, um, letting you know if an episode's delayed or lot. what's coming up next and when it's out. So follow there if you want the updates. Um, I run that account and try and stay on top of it, but I'm also on Twitter at Conifer SSR. Um, lately I've been posting Enter the Dragonfly nonsense. Um, where can they find you, Dustin? Oh, I might. God. Well, it citation. also doesn't help that we're both playing no, them on CRT. We should have played this game on Ambulator <laughs> so we could capture footage. Oh, it looks We've like you were. We've been posting off screen okay. footage of TVs and it looks terrible. <laughs> Well, you are. I'm not. CRT, it still baby. looks garbage. Yeah, I it, on PS2 at least. Into the Dragonfly has a widescreen <laughs> uh, mode, so it's like oh, I'll just play it on my. Yeah, I mean, it probably looks better on there, honestly. <laughs> um, no, it's just we've been we've both been posting clips of just garbage. Um, really, just slinging garbage up on the internet. I hope you enjoy. Follow us. Uh, I have a Destiny's Dragon, by the way. But yeah, we've we've been posting garbage, and it just, it just hit me the other <laughs> day. I'm like, I wish I had just emulated oh, this so I could Good give proper CRT footage and quality on my trash. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Look at it. Look at the trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, follow us on Twitter. We're having fun with it. Um, uh, yeah. Um, especially this week, but always, please remember to be good to each other. Bye.